0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare
1: your heart to hear a word from God today.
0: Last week, I shared a message that I entitled Peace Over Panic. And keeping with a similar theme, today's message I've entitled simply Faith Over Fear. You see, I believe something that is far more contagious than the COVID-19 virus is the fear of this particular virus. And let's be honest, fear is one of the most debilitating things that you or I will ever face. And as if that's not bad enough, there's so many fears and so many phobias out there. For example, there's claustrophobia, which is the fear of small spaces. There's arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders. There's acrophobia, which is the fear of heights. And then there's tripanophobia, which is the fear of injections and needles, which you've got to say, if you have that, you'd be excused because that's kind of a, a bit of a scary one, I get that. Then there's nicrophobia, which is the fear of the dark. Then there's glossophobia, which is the fear of of public speaking, which I had for many, many years. And get this, this is one you may not have heard of, and it's Xanathobia, Uh, get this, it's the fear of the colour yellow. I didn't even know that was a thing. But my mind goes places where maybe it shouldn't. But I imagine if you have Xanathobia and you're afraid of the colour yellow, I don't know what you do with uh, this if it came in the post. And you gotta, you got an envelope this colour. I mean, that would kind of be freaking you out. And maybe if you have Xanathobia today, uh, sorry to, to kind of make you a little bit afraid this morning, but um, there we go. That, that's a very real thing. And I don't know what's more. Uh, concerning the fear of the colour yellow or the fact that it's so popular there's actually a name for it. I'm not too sure. But the reality is um, there's a lot of fear and phobias out there. And the Bible tells us categorically in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse seven, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Of course, when we read that, that does not mean that we don't have a spirit of fear. What the Bible is telling us is that God did not give us that fear that we're experiencing. In other words, being a Christian doesn't make you exempt from fear. I personally have faced many fears as a Christian. As a young boy, I was terrified of the dark. And maybe some of you at home there can identify with this thought. I was terrified of the dark. In my schooling years, I remember being terrified of the dentist. So much so on one dental visit that I had, uh, I was uh, sitting in the waiting room and the longer I waited, the more nervous and the more afraid I got. And the drilling that was in the background became louder and louder in my hearing, so much so that I panicked. I've got to be honest, I had a panic attack and I literally got up from my seat, I left the waiting room and I ran home. I mean, to my shame, I ran home. Fear made me run home. Not only did I have the fear of dark or, or the dentist. But as I've mentioned many times before, had the fear of public speaking. And to do a morning talk at school was, was just so nerve wracking for me. In actual fact, I hated Monday mornings because that's when we had Monday morning talks. And I would just be gripped with fear at the thought of having to stand before the class and address the class about what I did on the weekend. And, and invariably, most times I just froze and some of the kids would tease me. That's your moment at home to go, ah. Oh. I feel that, thank you. But it was, it was horrible. And uh, I just didn't like speaking publicly. Of course, today I do that for a living, but that's not to say that uh, I don't face new fears. And let's be honest, it'd be a brave man or woman to say that in the last month, you haven't experienced a few fears or a little bit of anxiety hasn't crept in. And that doesn't make you a bad person. I think that just makes you a person. Because we all face fears, and I don't care who you are, I don't care what your theology, the reality is these things creep in from time to time. And so today I want to look at how we can stay in faith when fear is always knocking at the door. And one thing I know that we don't need in this time is a naive faith a faith that says, you know what, it'll be okay, don't worry about anything. That kind of faith is not going to get us through. A naive faith is not going to cut it. Likewise, a blind faith is not going to cut it. Just uh, turning a blind eye to some of the realities that are out there. Let's be honest, the Prime Minister's address more recently uh, is letting us know that this thing is, is more serious and we first thought and it's probably going to go on a lot longer than we first thought and we can't just put our head in the sand and turn a blind eye and call it faith at this time. Likewise we don't want a hyper faith that no bad things will come near me and no bad thing will touch me. Well tell that to the heroes of our faith who experience some incredibly dark days. So it's a naive faith, it's a blind faith and it's a hyper faith that's not going to cut it in this particular season. What we need in this season, we need a strong, biblical, robust faith in order to overcome the fears that we face on a daily, weekly and monthly basis. And so the purpose of this message is really to help us understand what faith is and how it works. And I trust when I say my final amen today that uh, we'll be a little bit more informed and uh, filled with faith and that we'll be able to take our fears head on. Amen. So Father, I pray that You would anoint the Word of God today. I pray You would anoint our hearings and we ask that today in Jesus' Name. And everyone at home said a hearty amen. Amen. Let's read uh, from the book of Romans. Romans chapter four and verse 18 for a moment. It says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just has been said of him. So shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God being fully persuaded, get this, that God had the power to do that which he had promised. You know, Abraham is affectionately known as the father of our faith. Books have been written about him and songs have been sung about him. Maybe some of you can remember back to your Sunday school days where we sang a song called Father Abraham. Had many sons. Many sons did Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right foot, left foot. Remember, remember those songs we used to sing about Abraham and it was to invoke a, a stirring of our faith at that time. And so today I wanna use Abraham who is an incredible example when it comes to what it is to live in faith. His life gives us an insight to what faith is and also how it works. And so today through Abraham's life I want to look at a few faith facts. Can you say that with me at home faith facts? Brilliant. And the first faith fact that I want to look at today is this number 1 if you're taking notes is that faith believes. Faith believes God. We see Abraham heard the word of God and he just Believed it. He believed what God had said. He didn't waver and he didn't fold. He just believed. You see, faith is more than believing in God. Even the devil believes in God, but it doesn't make him a believer. The Bible says that the demons in hell believe that there's a God, but they tremble, they're afraid of Him. It's more than believing in God. Faith is more than believing about God. You can believe all about God. You can know that He's omniscient, He's omnipresent. You can know all those things about Him, but still not believe Him. Faith in its simplest, purest form is believing God. It's a total trust in the fact that God said it and as a result, I believe it. I believe that what God said is true. In other words, we place our faith in the integrity of God's Word. The other day, I asked Geordie, our oldest daughter, if she could go to school and pick up our youngest daughter, Bailey. And she said, yes, Dad, no problems. And you know what? At that moment, I just took her out of word. I never thought about it anymore. And when I got home from work, guess what? Bailey was there because I was able to just trust Jordan's Word. And in that moment, I started thinking about it. Actually, it was it was more about Jordan's integrity than than my trust. I was able to trust her word because the integrity that she had, I knew she would follow through on what she said she would do. You see, our faith is based on the integrity of God's word. And we can place our faith in God to be true today, no matter what is happening, no matter what is going on in the world today, He's a God that can be trusted. So come on church, let's not let our faith waver at this time or in this season. So first fact is simply this, that faith believes. It's not just believing in God. It's not just believing about God. It's actually believe in God. Church, do you believe God? Do you believe that He's got it? Do you believe that He's in control? That, do you believe that He's sovereign? Do you believe that He's working all things together for the good today? I do. And I trust you do too. God is faithful and His Word can be trusted. One of the strategies of the enemy at this time is to undermine the Word of God. He's forever trying to undermine the Word of God. Even in the desert, when the devil was confronted Jesus, he said, did God really say? And Jesus came back every time with the Word of the Lord, the Word of the Lord, the Word of the Lord. So come on, let's not waver through unbelief at this time, but let's continue to believe God. Second fact about faith is this, that faith faces the facts. Faith faces the facts. Abraham, and I love this, faced the fact about his situation. You see, church, it's not wrong for us to admit where we are at. Abraham was old and he knew it. He knew that he was old. He knew that he was beyond the age of producing a child. And not only was he beyond the age, he knew that his wife, who was also old, was beyond the age, you see, faith is not denial. I want you to get this, church. Faith is not denial. I remember as a a young man in the church in my teenage years, and, and uh, you know when 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 faith was kind of really really hyper, and 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 our confession was really important, and so if you weren't feeling well. Uh, we were discouraged from actually in, uh, saying that you didn't feel well. And so we'd have people with colds and, and, and runny noses and they sounded horrible and you say, hey, uh, you've got a bit of a cold. And they'd be going, oh, no, I don't have a cold. And i think, yes, you do. You actually have a cold. But they were in denial. That's not faith. Faith is not denial. Faith can face the facts. And I learned at an early age that, you know what? I, we're not going to pretend. We need a real robust faith. And so if we're not feeling well, we, we can acknowledge that. We can acknowledge those things without diminishing our faith. When I'm not feeling great, someone might say to me, hey, you, you, you don't seem so, uh, so well today. And I say, yeah, I felt better. I felt better. We, we can acknowledge where we are at without wavering in his faith because that's what we see Abraham did. He was able to face the facts. But the Bible clearly tells us that he did not waver Through unbelief concerning the promises of God. For he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do that which he had promised. Sometimes I wonder where we actually put our faith. To come to Christ, it's about putting our faith in God, not in the outcomes. Can I encourage you today, church, with this thought that we're to put our faith in God, not in the outcomes. We didn't give our our life to God because of an outcome, we gave our life to God because We love Him. We love Him. So come on church, let's use this season to readdress our faith and ask ourselves: how genuine is our faith in this season? Because genuine biblical faith places faith in God, not in the outcomes. And if you're waiting for outcomes, there's a chance that you're going to be disappointed. But if you place your faith in God, you'll never be disappointed. I hope this is helping you this morning as we continue on. Fantastic. Baz Rainbow says he's good. That's fantastic. Appreciate that, Baz. Awesome. Fact number three, when it comes to faith, is that faith, and this, this one may seem a little bit strange to you, but faith awakens fear. See, Abraham's faith created new fears. Uh, he um, was a man that uh, loved God and had faith in God But uh, the very thing that causes us to overcome our fears, which is faith, actually opens and awakens fear. We see this particularly in the life of Peter. Peter was one of the 12 uh, apostles or 12 disciples of Jesus. And there was this incredible moment where Peter was in a boat with the 12 disciples. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a stark and stormy night, kind of sounds like a little bit of a, a ghost story, doesn't it? Well, interestingly enough, Jesus was walking on the water and they thought at that moment they saw a ghost. A- and then Peter recognises that actually this is not a ghost. This is actually Jesus performing a miracle and he gets inspired, his faith is inspired. And he shouts out to Jesus, if that is you, Jesus, Bid me to come and walk on the water. And so Jesus says, come. And Peter's faith rose and he stepped out of the boat and he began to walk on the water. Here's the interesting fact. It was faith that got him out of the boat. But once he was out of the boat, guess what happened? It awakened fear. He looked around at the wind. He looked around at the waves. And the very faith that got him out of the boat actually created a fear that those that were still in the boat never experienced. Faith does indeed awaken fears. And if we don't realise that fear is a part of our faith journey, we'll always back off when fear comes. And I wanna encourage you in this particular season, not to back off, not to let fear grip you in this season. There may be some things that feel like they're creeping in and crowding in on you. But let's not allow our faith to be diminished in this time, but let's continue to walk in faith because faith takes us beyond self-security and makes us dependent upon Him. And I can't help but feel that God is using this moment. I didn't say create it. I said He's using this moment to help the church arise and to knock off all the things that uh, were just getting in the way of a real biblical, robust faith in this season. So let's not back off, but let's continue to press forward in Jesus' Name. Amen. Fourth fact today about faith is that faith, and again, like that last point, this may become seem like a little bit of a, a strange one too, but faith involves failure. Abraham had some epic failures along the way. While he was waiting for the promises of God, it, to his thinking, it was taking too long. And so he devised his own plan. And again, when I, when I say this, we're not here to judge Abraham. We're here to use Abraham's life as, as a, a learning piece for us. But he, he thought he would take matters into his own hand. And he looked at his maid maidservant and, and thought, you know what, if I sleep with her, then maybe the promise of God can come to pass through her. And so he had a night with the maidservant and uh, she did become pregnant and they gave birth to a, a young man. They called him Ishmael. And that created a lot of problems for Abraham. It was, a, it was a massive failure on his part. But again, I think that puts us all in good company. Faith involves Failure. Faith is not always about getting it right first time. I know there's a lot of churches going online for the first time, and, and, and we are we are fumbling our way through this new process. And so to all the churches out there and all the pastors that are doing their best to get their church services online, and you've had a few meltdowns and there's been a few failures, hey, keep going. Don't give up, don't give in because we're gonna see the gospel spread like never before. So keep going and uh, make sure that you don't give up and allow a few setbacks or a few failures to stop you. Why? Because growth demands a failure positive environment. I thank God I grew up in a home where failure was not deemed as the uh, the, uh, irreparable sin. No, failure is part of the journey. I remember in my teenage years, uh, when roller skating was big, I say this to all the young people out there, if you don't know what roller skating is, you just need to think of the coolest thing to do right now. Whatever the coolest thing to do right now for you as a young person, roller skating back in the 80s was far cooler than any of that that you're doing right now. It was, it was the place to be seen. It was a place to meet you know, friends. And, and, and for me as a young man, it's a place to meet girls. And, and, and so I remember learning to roller skate. And my first challenge was just to learn to stand up. If you've ever been roller skating for the first time, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's weird, it's freaky. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of broken bones that happen because of learning to roller skate. And there's a little rail. And most people, when they're learning to roller skate for the first time, it kind of looks more like this. And that's what it looked like for me. And you learn to get your balance. And then over a period of time, I was, I, I was able to skate. I could stand on my own two feet. I didn't need the rail. And I could categorically tell you at that moment, I could skate. If people said, can you roller skate? I said, sure, I can roller skate. But the reality is my roller skating was very limited. And limited roller skating didn't impress the girls. And so I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to improve my roller skating practice. I wanted to improve my roller skating ability. I wanted to go faster and I wanted to do some tricks. I wanted to learn to skate backward. And so when I, when I decided to go to the, uh, another level in my roller skating, guess what? It was like starting all over again. And so there was more failures and I, and I fell over again and again and again until I got better and better and better. And the good news is I did get better. I did. And the better news is I did find a young lady and I did ask her to go out with me, in a couple skate, while Bonnie Tyler's "Total Eclipse of the Heart" was playing, and she did say yes. And as a fourteen-year-old, she said yes to my uh, invitation, and we've been together ever since. I married the girl of my dreams who I met at roller skating and and I I thank God that I I kept persisting because I think it was was some of my roller skating skills that actually got me in the door and we've been married for a long time now, we've been leading the church for a long time now and I couldn't think of doing life uh, with anyone better than my wife. She's beautiful and so don't give up, don't give up but keep trying because faith involves failure. I think a great biblical example for us in regards to this is, again, Peter. Peter is one of those guys who who seemed to make a a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. And and I love the fact that he was the guy that would speak up when no one else would. He he was the guy that said, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God, when Jesus asked who the people say that I am. It It was Peter that spoke up. When whenever, 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 whenever everyone else was silent, Peter spoke up. And then, not too long after that, Jesus talked about dying. And, and it was Peter who spoke up again. He said, Jesus, you're not going to die. And Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. And, and it's just like, wow, Peter was forever putting his foot in it. We see it was Peter who denied Jesus three times, not once, not twice, but three times. And what I love about Peter, he, he made a lot of mistakes but he was able to bounce back. He was able to get back up again. Just like when I was on the roller skating floor, he just got to get back up again. And I think what God is looking for right now is that ability to bounce back. It was actually Peter that Jesus chose to build the church. He he was the forerunner. He he was the first. And uh, I believe one of the qualities that Jesus was looking for and one of the qualities he saw in Peter's life was this incredible ability to bounce back even though he'd failed many, many times. So today, if you have felt like a failure, know this, you're not a failure. You may have failed in some areas, but don't believe the lie of the enemy that says you are a failure. You're not a failure. God loves you. And He wants you to get back up again. And stand in faith and not give up and not give in. Amen. Fact number five is simply this, that faith causes fatigue. We see that in Abraham's life, he grew weary and he grew tired. And that's understandable because when he received the promise to when he saw the promise come to pass, 25 years passed. And I think that is true for us. We get a promise from God, we get excited, but we grow tired because how long things take to come to pass. I think we interpret Christianity as a sprint when actually it's more like a marathon. It takes time. It takes time. See, longevity requires ongoing dependence on Him. So let's not give up. Let's not give in. And not only do we grow tired because of the waiting, but we grow tired because of the work. James says it this way, that faith requires work. James said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. God wants us to co-labor with Him. This is not a time just to sit back and do nothing. Even though we're in isolation, there's so much we can do right now. And again, I just a quick shout out to all of our pastoral care team who are making lots and lots of phone calls and making sure that we are staying connected in this time. And they're adding their faith with their work. And I'm so grateful for them. This is not a time to sit back and do nothing. Faith requires action. It, envi- it requires, sorry, a step from us, it, invi- it, it requires involvement on our part, and again, James says it's faith without works that is dead. Some might say we're going to be careful of burnout, and we do, but can I just say a little thing about burnout? I believe people burn out because one, either they don't have the capacity to do what they want to do, some people just want to do something that they're actually not gifted to do. And you will burn out if you're doing something you're not gifted to do. You'll burn out if you don't have the heart for what it is that you're doing. If your heart's not in it, you'll burn out. If you have issues of your heart, if there are unresolved issues of the heart, you will burn out no matter what you do. And if you're doing something without the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll also burn out. And so let's not interpret not wanting to burn out as a way of not doing anything. I believe there's a happy medium. I believe there's something in the middle where we can find God and learn something about ourselves and our capacity, the issues of our heart, so that we can continue to work and serve Him through these days. Amen. And lastly, fact number six when it comes to faith is simply this, that faith produces fruit. Faith produces fruit. You look at the life of Abraham, And the Bible categorically tells us that Abraham became a dad. And not only did he become a dad, but he became a father of a multitude. That tells us something today, church. Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give in. Because in the end, God's Word will come to pass. But here's the little clause. Here's the fine print that I would add to this story It may look different than you first expected. I certainly know that is true for Abraham's life. When he received that promise about giving birth to a son, I imagine he thought that within nine months from that moment, Sarah would produce a child. But no, 25 years. And let's be honest, he's probably sitting there thinking, man, I want to have this child sooner rather than later, because what dad doesn't want to be able to have the energy to kick the football with their son. And as every day passed, Every day passed, things changed. But the good news is, Abraham did receive the promise. And I believe that you and I, if we will stand our ground, not give up and not give in, we will find that we can overcome anything that we face. With the small claws, it may not look the way you thought it would look. I remember in my early 20s crying out to God to do something in my life, to use me in some way. And yet, at the age of 25, I was able to start a church. And that was not part of my plan, but it was part of God's plan. I was saying, God, use me. I never wanted to be in ministry. I never wanted to be a pastor. I certainly didn't want to lead a church, but I did want to be used by God. And what I understood of being used by God and what God's plan for me was, was quite different. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And the plans and the purposes have come and are coming to pass. And I'm so grateful for that. But it certainly was not the way I thought that it would happen. So today, church, I wanna encourage you, let's stay in faith. Let's not give up. Let's not get hyper. Let's not have a blind faith. Let's not have a cliched, naive faith. But let's have a real, robust faith that understands it's gonna include fatigue, Let's understand it's gonna include failure. But let's understand if we hang around long enough, it's also gonna include the promises of God coming to pass. Can I I pray for you right where you are right now? Maybe just close your eyes. Father, I just thank you for our Victory family and everyone else joining us online. And I pray that through this message today, we would have a greater understanding of what faith is, what faith does and what faith looks like. And I pray that we encouraged today to stand in faith, to not give up, to not give in, but to stand our ground. And may faith, true, robust, biblical faith, overcome any doubts or fears that we may have today. You know, maybe you're at home and you've been listening to this message, but you're not in a relationship with Jesus. You've never actually committed your life to Him. But through this message today, there's been a shift in your heart. Or or maybe you're like the prodigal son that's walked away from God because of circumstance and situations. And you wanna come back to Him. You wanna come back because your relationship with Him has been estranged. And you wanna come back and be in right standing and right relationship with Him. Because let's be honest, in its purest, simplest form, Christianity is a relationship with God that starts when we put our faith In Jesus, The Bible says it this way, that we've been saved by grace through faith. What does that mean? Well, it's much like when we get on an aeroplane. It's the aeroplane that carries us from one location to the next. But in order to get on that plane, we need a boarding pass. Well, grace is like that plane. It's grace that carries us into the presence of God. But in order to access that grace, just like a plane, you need a boarding pass. And that boarding pass to that grace is faith. And when we place our faith in Jesus, we access the forgiveness of God, the love of God and heaven becomes our home. God loves you so much and wants to be with you. And He made a way possible by sending His Son, Jesus Christ. And all those that confess with their mouth that He is Lord and believe it in their heart would find eternal peace with God, our Father. If that is you today, I'd count it a privilege and an honour to lead you in a prayer so right where you are maybe we can all pray this prayer together it's a prayer of salvation it's a prayer that accepts Christ into our life at this time you ready to pray? fantastic Jesus I thank you for loving me I thank you for dying for my sins I desire to know you more I open my heart to you I surrender to you forgive me of all of my ways show me your ways Lord Help me to live for you in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer today, either for the first time or as a recommitment to Jesus, we're so excited for you. It's a great decision. And we want you to stay tuned and our online host, Pastor Dan, will help you to take your next step. Thanks, church, so much for joining us today. Remember, choose faith over fear. Have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you in church online. Next
1: week. Well, what an incredible message today from Pastor Tony. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I just want to say a massive congratulations and let you know that this is the best decision that you will ever make. At Victory, it's our heart to connect you with your next step. So if you said yes, hit the link in the comments section below or head on over to our This Weekend tab on our app. There you can select I Said Yes, where you can put in your details so that one of our team can reach out to you this week. Alternatively, if you would like to receive prayer for anything, please click on the I Need Pray button in our app. Your prayer request goes straight to our pastoral team so they can keep you in their prayers. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We've loved being able to do church with you today like this. Remember that just because the service has ended doesn't mean that church has. Our connect groups are the best way for you to stay connected to a community that can care and pray for you and do life with you. Our groups have been meeting online using a number of different platforms so that even in this time of isolation, we don't have to be isolated from one another. If you're not in a group yet, please be sure to let us know so that we can help connect you to a group that is just right for you. Remember church that we are better together. We look forward to connecting with you next week.